How much you want to make a bet I can throw a football over the mountains? And boom goes the dynamite. I don't know what we're yelling about! I don't know how to put this, but I'm kind of a big deal. Playoff football time is here, and that means plenty to talk about on Episode 9 of the Idaho Sports Prepcast, presented by Project Filter. Today we discuss all 28 first-round playoff football matchups, including highlighting some games and players to watch and potential ramifications of where teams ended up on the brackets. We'll also welcome in Columbia head football coach John Helmendaller a little later in the show as his team knocked off Middleton 36-31 last week to secure a playoff spot and a road game this week at Century. Alongside Lucas Gebhardt, I'm Sven Elskog. Lucas, you're going to be a busy man this week covering the doubleheader at Holt Arena on Thursday and then heading over to Aberdeen as the Tigers take on West Jefferson on Friday night. But uh, you're going to have a little less travel than some of these teams. We'll talk about all the matchups as the show goes on. But first, we start in the 5A classification where teams are traveling a combined 1,033 miles just to play games this week. Yeah, they are. And, uh, you know, a lot of that is to do with the fact of how many SIC teams are in the bracket this year. And a lot of them are having to leave the Treasure Valley for the first time uh, this season since the last time the playoffs rolled around. And they've kind of been playing each other, beating up on each other all season. But now you'll see a team like Meridian go over to Rexburg. Uh, You'll see a team like Skyview go up, play Post Falls, Eagle Lewiston as well. So uh, we're going to find out how good the 5A SIC is this week for sure. To give you a better idea of how large that travel number is, the total number really comes entirely from three different games. As Boren Capital, they only had to head right down the road in Boise a combined 11 miles to play their rivalry game for the second time this year. That one will be taking place at Donna Larson Park Friday at 7 o'clock. Previous matchup this year was 139-7 by Capital. The winner of this game heads north to play Coeur d'Alene in the quarterfinals. This is one of those rare instances where you get a rivalry game twice in the same season, and they always say it's difficult to beat a team twice. For Capital, they got to feel good about the fact that they knocked off the Lions by 32 the first time around. But, you know, Bora seems to have figured it out despite playing without their quarterback, Jake Stanley, the last couple of weeks. Yeah, no, it, I think that's kind of hurt Bora down down the stretch. I mean, they've they've lost three in a row up to this point to Mountain View, uh, Centennial and Rocky, they've lost four or five as well. But, uh, you know, you, you go back and you look at that, that game back on September the 21st, you always learn more from losses than you do from wins. And for Bora, I'm sure they they took a lot out of that 39-7 loss to Capital. So, I mean, Capital can't take this game off. Bora is a good football team. And, you know, you got to go back, watch the tape. you got to learn from those things despite how much you won by but, I mean, Bora is going to be more than happy to come out and beat Capital after uh, kind of getting thumped the last time they played each other. And Bora is an interesting football team. We mentioned Jake Stanley, arguably the best quarterback in the state of Idaho this season, not playing the last few weeks. They've inserted Ellis Magnuson from the wide receiver position to kind of be the signal caller. And uh, we mentioned last week against Rocky Mountain, they hung in that game and only lost by a touchdown, had a chance to win it on the road, weren't able to quite speak it out. But nonetheless, Jason Burton has done a good job of keeping those kids believing over there at Bora. On the other side of things for the Capitol Eagles, they got wide receiver Alec Binder back last week for their season finale against the Boise Braves, and they handled it to Boise 55-6. The Eagles enter this week 6-3 and on the season, and Todd Simmons has done a good job with this team, and they are led by a really strong quarterback in Ryan Hibbs, who's got weapons all over the field. It's a dangerous offensive team, but the thing that I want to highlight in particular is their defense. Early this season, we were kind of wondering if Capital was going to be able to figure it out and kind of mesh it all together on the defensive side of the football. But the Eagles have really figured it out, and that's thanks in large part to the pass rush that they're getting. Joey Kittigua has just really been a force in the backfield up there at the top of the leaderboard in the 5A SIC as far as sacks. If he gets into the backfield early and often against Bora, it may be a long night for the Lions. Right, and, and you know, Capital is, I think, a little bit better of a defensive football team than a lot of people have given them credit for and you know like you said Bora I mean they were right there against Rocky last week Rocky had clinched the conference by that point but that's still a very good Rocky Mountain team and for Capital you look at their schedule the last you know month or so they only gave up 22 to Skyview which is a team that put up 70 points last week gave up 21 to Centennial the week after that 
36 to Eagle in a four-point loss for them. They gave up just six points last week to Boise. So uh, defensively, I think Capital is a little bit underrated, but at the same time, Bora is still playing some pretty good football, even without their quarterback. So obviously the first matchup wasn't close again, 39-7, won by Capital. We'll see what happens this week, Friday at 7 o'clock at Donna Larson Park. Next game takes place over in Rexburg, and this one, Lucas, is kind of interesting. Meridian and Madison have played each other three consecutive years in the playoffs. You don't see that very often. No, you don't. And uh, last year, the game wasn't really that close, you know, 50-12. to 12, But, you know, I think this game's going to be a little bit closer this year. Uh, and Madison is a pretty good football team as well. They have a, and a pretty good kicker as well. Spencer Hathaway is their kicker for Madison, and that can do a lot of things, particularly in close football games. Um, obviously, with the receiving core they have with uh, Mason McMorder and uh, the running back they have, Malachi Valora, who is, uh, can really control a game on the ground. Uh, their quarterback, Jordan Porter, is a good dual-threat guy they have back there. So, um, you know, Meridian has a tough task ahead of them with Madison, especially when you consider the travel having to come all the way over to uh, Rexburg. I think this is a little bit different of a Meridian team than Madison has faced the last couple of years. Again, in 2016, the Bobcats won 31-8 to in this matchup. The winner of this plays at number one Rocky next week. But you look at Meridian, they've got Javen Woodall as a good two-way player for him. They also have Braden Hahn, their quarterback. He's a lefty, which kind of changes the way the defense has to approach him as he's a dual-threat guy, can get on the ground, also throw it through the air. And one of his favorite targets at the 5A classification, this is pretty incredible, a six foot four, 187-pound freshman. Yes, you heard that right, a freshman wide receiver by the name of Davis Thacker, and uh, if they can get Woodall and Thacker going and Han uh, holds on to the football and doesn't turn it over, I think Meridian can keep this a lot closer than people may be expecting on Friday at 7 over there in Rexburg. Yeah, I think so as well. And, and for Meridian, it's really going to come down to, well, how well is their defense going to play? You know, last week they gave up a little shy 900 yards of total offense to Skyview. They gave up 70 points. Uh, Meridian has to clean that up because Madison is a team that can move the football just as well as any of the other SIC teams they played this year. Um, you know, Meridian is it, defensively, it's it's been a bit problematic for them this season. But if they can clean that up, win the turnover battle, uh, they have a deceivingly good record. You know, three wins on the season does Meridian, but I think they're a better football team than their record indicates. Down at the bottom of the 5A bracket for state football, which starts this week, all throughout the state, Skyview 5-4 and four on the season travels all the way up to IEL runner-up Post Falls. They are 4-4. Four and four. This game kicking off in the Pacific time zone at 7 o'clock on Friday. The winner gets to play Mountain View. Post Falls is a young team this season. They graduated 30 fantastic seniors from a year ago, a team that made a lot of noise up north and against Skyview, an offense that has just been so explosive this year. They are led by Tyler Crow, their running back. They also have Wyatt Storer at quarterback and Wade Carpenter, one of their wide receivers. This Skyview team put up 70 on Meridian last week. I expect this to be a high-scoring affair, I think. Yeah, I, th- I think it does have the potential to be high-scoring, but if it is high-scoring, that's going to favor Skyview. Post Falls needs this thing to be a little bit more low-scoring, and you know, Post Falls is... You know, pretty good football team from up north in the uh, Coeur d'Alene area. Looking at the weather as well, the weather's not supposed to be too nice up north this weekend. So, uh, you know, that may play a factor. It may not as well. But um, Post Falls defensively, they're going to have to be ready for Skyview. This is a team that knows how to light up the scoreboard. I mean, in their wins, 49 points against Centennial, 48 against Eagle, 62 on Boise. Uh, 55 on Timberline and obviously 70 last week against Meridian. But, you know, for Post Falls, they're going to have to win the turnover battle. They're going to have to somehow slow Skyview down. And if the weather is is poor up north, which is looking like it might be up up in the Coeur d'Alene area, uh, that that could play into Post Falls' hands. And this is the first time this year that Skyview has had to leave the Treasure Valley area. So, you know, going up north on the road, who knows if they can handle that. The question for me here is, can Skyview have a football game this week where they total with their opponent the same number as they had last week or get more? 120 combined points in that game against Meridian, a 70-50 to win. The Hawks had 865 yards of offense. Tyler Crow 
457 rushing yards, six touchdowns on 37 carries. That's the best stat line I've seen this season across any of the classifications. So you better bet Post Falls will be all zoned in on him. Again, the winner of that Skyview Post Falls game takes on Mountain View in the quarterfinals. That is the number two seed out of the 5A SIC District 3. The final game in the 5A classification this week is a matchup of two 6-3 and three teams. The Lewiston Bengals and their quarterback Tyson Wallace come down here to take on the Eagle Mustangs and their quarterback Ben Ford. And I think this is an interesting matchup because you look at it on paper and both of these quarterbacks, they're very similar in the dual threat abilities that they possess. And I think for the fans, that may make it one of the more fun games in the state to watch this weekend. Yeah, I mean, you, you look at the bracket, I, I think this is one of the more intriguing ones and the the winner of this game going to have to come over to Pocatello next week to play Highland and you you look at Lewiston offensively with a guy like Tyson kind of those 100 100 guys he's going to pick up 100 yards on the ground he's going to throw for about 150 200 yards through the air and that that's that's tough to defend especially for if you're not really used to defending that that type of uh that type of offensive attack but for Eagle, I mean, they can put some points on the board as well. 30 or more points in seven of their nine games this season. Eagle beat Mountain View 33-24 back on September the 14th. Uh, that's one of two losses that Mountain View has on the year. So a very good Eagle football team. Uh, Lewiston has to travel down to the Boise area to play Eagle on the road. So Lewiston won't have that traveling advantage like Post Falls does over Skyview. And Lewiston, they secured their at-large playoff spot by knocking off Lake City 41-7 last week. In that game, quarterback Tyson Wallace went 9 for 11, 194 yards, and another 103 on the ground. Four touchdowns for him in the win. Two touchdown passes were thrown to Connor Spencer, while on the other side for Eagle, Ben Ford ran for 319 yards in the Mustangs' win over Capital a couple weeks ago. So those matchups should be fun there in the 5A classification. As we move down to the 4A classification, there's eight games in the 4A ranks this week as 16 out of the 28 teams in the classification make the state playoffs. The first game at the top of the bracket sees Sandpoint, the runner-up out of the 4A IEL, coming all the way down to Thunder Stadium in Idaho Falls to take on the Hillcrest Knights. Sandpoint 3-6 and six on the season. Hillcrest is 8-1. and one. This game is Friday at 7 o'clock Mountain Time. And I, I think you look at this game and uh, for people that, that look at the record, Sandpoint is 3-6 and six and Hillcrest is 8-1. and one. The Knights enter this one as heavy favorites, uh, and I think that's fair. But you can't sleep entirely on Sandpoint. They've got a tight end that's a Division One type athlete in Alex Stockton. And uh, I don't know if anybody saw this video on uh, Twitter over the course of the weekend, but he just obliterated one of the Lakeland defenders in one of their recent games with a stiff arm, and uh, the kid had no shot. So you got to be ready for Stockton. He's a good blocker on the end of the line. This team can run the football well, uh, but you know you look at it and again. Hillcrest is ranked number one for a reason. So this, uh, you'd think if if it goes according to plan, the Knights should be able to walk through and win this football game. Yeah, I mean, you look at on paper, it's you know. It, you, you look at it, and Sandpoint is definitely the underdog. Hillcrest, number one, the state for the reason. Hillcrest is a team that's built to win games in the playoffs. They run the football really well. Uh, Oakley Hussey and Trey Henry are both valuable weapons there for Hillcrest, but the way that Sandpoint is going to win this game is by playing Hillcrest game. They're going to have to control the clock, uh, use their tight end, uh, play good, sound defensive football, win that turnover battle. They need a lot of things to go their way. Uh, they're coming on the road, long road trip for Sandpoint. Um, so coming out of the gate, they're really going to have to smack Hillcrest in the mouth because you fall behind Hillcrest, you just don't catch up. That's the type of team they are. And really the only school in the state that's further away from Hillcrest is Bonner's Ferry, and that's a different classification. So Sandpoint traveling as far as they can basically for this playoff game coming up on Friday night. Winner of that game takes on Blackfoot or Middleton. This game taking place on Friday at 7 from Middleton. The Vikings 7-2 and two on the season. Blackfoot is 4-5. and five. Middleton coming off a tough loss last week against Columbia 36-31 while Blackfoot beat Shelley 24-19. Again, this is another game on paper that looks to be one that Middleton should come away with, but 
Blackfoot is one of those teams that's always perennially tough. They're four and five this season. Uh, you know that Coach Buck is going to have them ready on the road for Middleton. I think the biggest thing for the Vikings, it starts on the defensive side of the football. If they can slow down the Broncos, they should win this game because I expect their offense to really have a lot of success with Dallas Hagler, their quarterback, Carson Smith, their wide receiver, and Tuckett running the football. Right, and, and you know Middleton really wants to get back at chomping at the bit to get back on the gridiron this week after that tough loss of Columbia last week. And you know, for, for Blackfoot, I mean, they're, Kind of, kind of like Sandpoint. Um, you know, they're they're the underdog in this one. They have to go on the road, so they have to come out and play strong in the first quarter. They have to have a strong first quarter and really put Middleton kind of back on their heels. And the, the way you win these upset football games is you make them these ugly defensive battles. So that's what Blackfoot needs to do in this one. And you know, Stan Buck has you know the coaching experience he has at Blackfoot that'll help Broncos. But, you know, Middleton is obviously a really good football team over in the 4A classification with that battle-tested SIC schedule. Uh, they have lost two or three to Napa and Columbia. Both were close games. So for Middleton, they're going to have to come back, kind of rebound, and uh, get back to what they were doing earlier in the season. And perhaps the most interesting game of the week takes place on Friday at 8.15 from Holt Arena as 5-4 and four Columbia heads in to take on Century 7-2 and two on the season. Columbia is led by Alamar Alexander, who ran for 288 yards and four touchdowns last week. You've seen Century, though, a few uh, times this season. Uh, Travis Hobson will have them keying in on the run. The question is, not necessarily can they stop Alamar Alexander because basically the entire year everybody has proven that no, you can't, but how much can they slow down Alexander? If they keep him to under 100 yards, I think Century wins this game. Well, yeah, if they, if they keep him to under 100 yards, I like Century in this game as well, but for that reason and Alamar Alexander, this is a really tough matchup for Century, and Century has had a really good season so far. Uh, two losses on the season to Highland and Orem, Utah, um, who was a state champion last year and down in Utah and has you know a number of players going to D1. But, you know, I've talked to Travis Hobson a few times throughout the season. He's really excited about this football team. Uh, he was holding Deshaun Harwell out of the Minico game a few weeks ago to play in the playoffs, essentially. He said, I'm holding them out so we can play games in late October and uh, early November. Um, but this is a century team that, you know, their quarterback, Nate Manning, is one of the better quarterbacks in the 4A classification. He doesn't get talked about a whole lot statewide just because of the number of quarterbacks that are over in the SIC. So from that perspective, Columbia will be ready because they've faced quarterbacks like him before. But, you know, they have lots of weapons on the outside. Hudson Williams comes to mind. Uh, Titan Fleischman, the tight end, is a good security blanket for Nate Manning. Um, if, if they get uh, Harwell back, that'll help them on the outside and uh, running the football with Jackson Yearsley as well. I mean, it's a very balanced attack for Century. It's going to be a tough matchup for Columbia. But on the other side of that, if there is a weakness for Century, it, it is the defense. It, it might be the run defense. So if Alexander, you know, blows, you know, 250, 300 yards on the ground, I like Columbia to win the game. But I think it's going to be a lot closer than people think. Um, yeah, it, it'll be an interesting one to watch for sure. And for Columbia, they have not been to the playoffs in quite some time, so this game is circled on the calendar. They will travel well over to Holt Arena, and uh, they're riding the momentum. A huge win against number 2 Middleton last week on Jeremiah Brent's 14-yard touchdown reception from Austin Collette. It was the game-winning tally for the Wildcats, and they are raring and ready to go for that football game. We'll hear from their head football coach, John Helmendaler, coming up later in the show. Again, our guest on the phone line right now is Lucas Gebhardt, broadcaster for IdahoSports.com. He's got multiple games that he is doing this week, and uh, we're going to talk about those as we go on. But right now, the winner of that Columbia Century game, they take on either Mountain Home or Nampa. That game taking place at the Bulldog Bowl in Nampa on Friday at 7 o'clock. An upstart Bulldog football team that has employed a little bit of a, a two-quarterback system. Last week, it was much more Braden Minor oriented than Donnie Estrada like it had been in the past. And I think that continues this week. 
as Donnie Estrada had some success from the wide receiver position, a couple of touchdowns, and uh, Miner seemed to be getting into the flow of things. But Valley View last week was a must-win game for them, and they just came out, and, and they were the team that really needed that, and, and they played like it. So I think Nampa will rebound this week against a Mountain Home team that's improving, but uh, they lost last week to Caldwell, and, and I just don't see them knocking off Nampa here in the first round. Yeah, it's it's a tough one for me to see as well. And, you know, for Mountain Home, they're back in the playoffs for the first time in years. Um, so, you know, they're excited about that over over there in Mountain Home. But, you know, they, they get back to the playoffs and they got to go right back to playing these SIC teams, which are the teams that kept them out of the playoffs for so many years. Uh, that being said, um, you know, Napa, they're just so good offensively and Mountain Home is really going to have to play sound defensively to have any shot at winning this game. Mountain Home has struggled a bit on the defensive side of the ball, so it's a, it's a tall order for Mountain Home. And the last time these two teams played, Nampa blew them out by 33 points, so you would have to expect that Nampa and Mountain Home will be a high-scoring game again. I believe the last time they played was 61-28 to or, or something of that nature. Is uh, They definitely reached the end zone plenty, but an interesting thing to note at the top of this bracket, if Columbia and Nampa both win, that game would take place at Nampa in the quarterfinals, not at Columbia, which is the team on the top of the bracket. The reason for that is because Nampa is the higher seed out of the same district. So we'll see if that comes to fruition or if Mountain Home or Century uh, pull off a victory and make sure we don't have to even talk about that moving into next week. Next part of the bracket, Preston, 4-5 and five on the season, takes on Bishop Kelly. They are 7-1. and one. It's another one Friday at 7 that on paper looks to be a, a clear Bishop Kelly, uh, one that they should be able to handle here. Yeah, it does. And, you know, Preston is a little bit in the same boat as Mountain Home is. First time that Preston's been in the playoffs in quite some time, just like Mountain Home. And they have to go on the road and play a tough SIC team. And uh, Preston's got to come over from the eastern side of the state over into Bishop Kelly, who's just been the kind of the class of the, of the 4A classification historically, at least. And you know, this is a good Bishop Kelly football team, and you know, Preston has, has definitely got their work cut out for them. But you know, that's why they play the games. And credit the Preston Indians for what they've done so far this season to win four games. They've really uh, kind of changed the complexion of the program, and you notice this for a few teams in the Great Basin Conference since they merged District 5-4 and then also brought in Mountain Home. Uh, you're seeing a couple of different teams in the playoffs, and that's good to see uh, them have strong seasons with four wins. Uh, we'll see what they can do here this week. Uh, a 4A state championship rematch from a year ago is taking place at Holt Arena Friday at 5.30. Minico and Skyline, both 7-2 and two on the year, are squaring up. Skyline trying to get healthy here as they head into the playoffs. They've got Cruz Taylor back, and what a difference that makes for the Grizzlies. Yeah, I mean, having a guy like Cruz Taylor back, he's, he's, uh, they can use him in a lot of different ways. They can flank him out to the slot. They put him back in the backfield. Uh, him, him and Easton Taylor both have a pretty good connection. Easton Taylor, quarterback for Skyline. And for Skyline, this is a team that hasn't scored more than 21 points since the Emotion Bowl victory over Idaho Falls. And Medico, on the other hand, I mean, you know, they're, they're just a two-loss team. They've kind of been... Uh, sputtering down the stretch a little bit so both these teams probably not playing their best football of the season coming into this one so from that perspective it's a bit of an interesting matchup but I think this is going to be a really close football game Medico can run the ball uh, pretty well with Ryland Chandler Uh, Skyline has got that balanced attack both through the air and on the ground so Medico is going to run the ball I think we'll see Skyline throw it a little bit more it's going to be a back and forth game I think it'll be in the 20s and you know, who, who knows who's going to come out on top, but it should be a good one. And Coulter May is a player to watch for the Minico Spartans. He is awfully explosive. Skyline coming off a big win last week against the Madison Bobcats in non-conference action. They had to really fight it out, but they did come out on top 13-7 to while Minico fell to Twin Falls in their regular season finale. Head to the very bottom of the bracket now. Valley View, 6-3 and three on the season, a big blowout victory against Nampa last week. Heads up north to take on IEL 4A champion Moscow, which is 3-5. and five. This game Friday at 7 o'clock Pacific time. Valley View is a team that I don't think anybody wants to play here as the playoffs get underway. They are very dangerous at the bottom of this bracket. Yeah, they are. And, and kind of the way they they got in, any team that has to get into the playoffs the last week of the season 
is more battle-tested. Uh, they played a meaningful game in the last week of the season. I mean, they'll just be ready to go. Uh, you know, they have weapons like Lynn Larson, uh, Jaden Morang, Carson Childs. I mean, just down the line you go with Valley View. And for Moscow, I mean, they had, they had to get in last week of the season as well to avoid that Kansas City playoff last week. Uh, went late into that one against Lakeland. They ended up pulling it out. Like I said, the weather up north, you know, looking a little iffy this weekend. So from that perspective, Valley View's got to go up north to play Moscow. So, again, you look at that first quarter. How is Valley View going to play in that first quarter after that long road trip, first time leaving the Treasure Valley this season? That will play into Moscow's hands. But, you know, for Moscow, it's, it's, it's a tough order for Valley View. It's a very good offensive football team. And it's a team that runs the ball extremely well. Lan Larison, their quarterback, he's a third-year starter, ran for 202 yards last week, had five total touchdowns in the win. Jaden Moran had three touchdowns and an interception. And then Carson Child, get this for a yard per carry average. He ran it seven times for 179 yards. That will be a tough call for the Moscow Bears and their quarterback, Chase Redinger, who has had himself a solid season. The winner of that football game will host the winner of Idaho Falls at Twin Falls. Twin Falls quarterback Nick Swenson was banged up and was seen on the sideline with an ice pack on his right foot last week against Minico. They need him out there, and uh, that's mainly for ball control purposes. Is When you get your backup quarterback, you start worrying about turnovers, and uh, Idaho Falls, they're healthy. They're in there with Cam Conrad, who seems to be basically a lock for over 100 yards every single week. This should be a really good game in the 4A classification as well, Friday at 7 from Twin Falls. Yeah, I, I think this is uh, one of the both intriguing matchups in the bracket and it's smack right in the bottom bottom right corner of the bracket uh you know for twin falls i don't i don't necessarily think that losing nick swenson will really hurt twin falls all that much mainly because jared perry their running back carries the ball 40 times a game anyways i mean he had 35 carries last week uh he had an absurd amount of carries in their week one win so i mean it's it's a pretty basic offensive system you just kind of turn turn around and hand the ball to Jared Perry and let him do his thing. But what that does allow Idaho Falls to do is it does allow them to kind of stack the box a little more. So maybe uh, Twin Falls becomes a little more turnover prone because of that. Uh, Idaho Falls will have a little bit more of a balanced offensive attack. Like you said, Conrad, he'll be good for 150, 200 yards probably in this game. Uh, But for Twin Falls, they can't turn the football over. And if they fall behind in this one without having their quarterback, if he doesn't end up playing, if they if Swenson doesn't end up playing, I mean, any two-minute drill is just going to be out the window. So Twin Falls has to play ahead in this one. They can't fall behind Idaho Falls. And we'll have that one broadcast on IdahoSports.com. You can see the full broadcast schedule for this week on our website as well as brackets for each classification. That's our breakdown of the 4A and 5A classifications. The 3A, 2A, and 1A is coming up next on the Idaho Sports Prepcast presented by Project Filter. My name's Jerry, and I smoke for 30-plus years. I was elk hunting. My left arm and my left leg started tingling on me. I nearly died, and it was enough to wake me up. You know, being on the top side of the grass is a good alternative to smoking. I still hunt, and now it's getting time where the grandkids are going to start going, and I want to be there for that. Call 1-800-QUIT-NOW or visit projectfilter.org. Cable One brings high-speed internet to the greatest town on Earth, yours. Now you can get up to 100 megs for just $45 a month for six months. No deposit, no contract. Enjoy faster downloads, better streaming, up to 100 megs, $45 a month for six months. Connecting is easy. Call 877-687-1427 or visit CableOne.net today. Restrictions apply. Call Cable One for details. Don't worry, honey. You know how the media sensationalizes everything. Okay, that does it. Squeegers and gang home. You play to win the game. I thought that would be big news. You thought what would be big news? Segment two of the Idaho Sports Prepcast presented by Project Filter. And we're again joined by Lucas Gebhardt. On the phone line right now to talk about the 3A classification, which sees four games this week, eight teams in action, while four teams have buys. At the very top, Sugar Salem is taking on Marsh Valley, but that game will not take place for a week. They each get a bye, so we know they're going to play each other in the quarterfinals. Uh, Just a matter of seeing how the rest of the bracket 
shapes out this week. Right below them on the bracket is Teton, the at-large, 2-6 and six on the season, taking on Kimberly on the road, 8-1 and one on the season. This game takes place Friday at 7 o'clock. Kimberly enters this one as heavy favorites. Teton has been battle-tested this year, though. They've taken on some tough teams. So really for Kimberly, it's just a matter of not letting up after a big win at the end of the regular season against Gooding last week. Right, and you know they won the conference, the SCIC last last week against Gooding, and you know they went on the road, beat Gooding. Anytime you can do that, uh, that just goes to show how good of a football team you can be. And for uh, Teton, you know Teton is uh, like you said, they're a bit of a battle-tested team, and it, it, they they come from a really tough conference. Does Teton? I mean, especially these this three A two A kind of on the eastern side of the state. There's some really good teams over on that side of the state. So, uh, but Kimberly is one of the better teams in the 3A classification, and uh, Teton has got a tall order in front of them. And Teton has basically taken on the murderer's row of opponents this year. They took on Jackson, Wyoming, which is 7-2 this season. They also played undefeated Declo, undefeated North Fremont. They took on Sugar Salem, which has been fantastic all season long. So Kimberly, they're going to be a tough matchup for them, but it's something that the Redskins have seen multiple times already this year, really quality opponents that they have gone up against. The winner of this football game will be the high seed on the top of the bracket and be the home team against either Kellogg, which is 3-5 and five this year, or Fruitland, which is 5-3. and three. That game taking place on Saturday at noon as Kellogg has a long way to go for this football game, and they bring their wishbone offense down to Fruitland, a run-heavy style for a team that lost a lot of talent from a, a year ago. They, they pushed Gooding in the playoffs last season, almost won that football game, and they would have went to the semifinals, but instead fell just short. They graduated 14 seniors, and now I think everybody's curious what exactly Kellogg is going to look like against a Fruitland team that you always expect to be very, very high quality. Right, and and here's the thing with prepping for a, a thing like a wishbone offense is especially playing that type of offense in the playoffs where you don't have weeks on end to prepare for it is exactly that. You, you don't have this month, month and a half in the summer to watch the film, to prepare for the wishbone offense, to kind of coach your players up to play that type of offense. So Fruitland defensively, it is going to be tasked with trying to slow down that Kellogg offense this week. And, but this is a team in Fruitland that has been all the way through the three, a bracket the last two years, they've won the state title uh, last year. They won it the year before that as well. Uh, they've been challenging themselves here in the season, uh, losses to Declo, Middleton and Homedale. Uh, they do have a good win over Gooding as well, but I think this is going to be maybe a little closer than, than people think. I think Fruitland is probably the favorite to win this game, but Kellogg, they're going to have to control the clock, and uh, Fruitland's going to have to show up on defense. Fruitland is, of course, led by their senior quarterback, Cole Aguirre, and they've got uh, Noah Hattrup there, Josh Hangler, the go-to wide receiver, uh, lots of players that we could highlight on the Fruitland Grizzlies roster, a team that is very accustomed do playing in state championships it seems like you can almost pencil them in for the 3a classification every single season to be one of the final two teams we'll see if that's the case here this year as we move down the bottom of the bracket this is the game of the week in the 3a classification two five and three teams taking uh, battle at holt arena thursday at six o'clock the weezer wolverines and their head coach tom harrison with 10 state championships are taking on south fremont and for weezer this is a football team that's a lot better than people think. And I, I think that with Tom Harrison heading to Holt Arena for kind of a reunion, he was the Pocatello coach for years and years and years, and he's played at Holt Arena uh, as the coach of Snake River. This is a building he knows better than anybody, and he will have his guys ready despite the trip across the state. This should be a fantastic game on Thursday night. Yeah, it should be, and uh, I'm excited to call this with Matt Harris, another one of our IdahoSports.com broadcasters with him on Thursday. And, you know, you, like you said, Sven, I mean, Weezer is a very good football team, and they have uh, two wins outside the state of Idaho, uh, both coming in Oregon. They played Fruitland within seven points back on September the 28th. Uh, they got kind of blown out by Gooding in the second week of the season, but you can learn from that. You learn a lot of things from those early season uh, you know, 30-point ball games like, we, like Weezer played in earlier this season. 
and they, they lost 40 to 17 at Homedale last week as well. But like I said, you learn from those and, you know, they've been battle tested. They've had those, the, the losses against Gooding, Fruitland and Homedale. Boom, boom, boom. That's the top three right there in 3A. And for South Fremont as well, you kind of look at them and it's kind of the, kind of the same thing. Both these two teams are kind of mirroring each other. Uh, both teams have to travel. Uh, game going to be played at Holt Arena. But uh, South Fremont's losses, again, you have one to Gooding, you have one to Marsh Valley, you have one to Sugar Salem. Those are very good teams in the 3A classification. And, I mean, this is definitely the game of the week in the 3A bracket. Well, and it's kind of a similar story to what we talked about with Teton as far as being so battle-tested throughout the course of their regular season schedule. The Weezer Wolverines, they're led by Braden Bumgarner, their running back, and Brody Von Bretthorst, their senior quarterback. A fun football team that plays a very physical brand. If you like low-scoring football, I think this game may be what you're looking for, as I don't think either team is going to hit into the 30s in this one by any stretch of the imagination. We'll see if I'm right on that one. Uh, I, I feel pretty confident that we're not going to see either team hit 30 this week. Uh, the final game in the 3A classification is also on Thursday. This one at 7 o'clock. American Falls 3-5 and five on the season, takes on Gooding 7-2. and two. Winner of this game plays Homedale, which is 9-0 and oh on the season. So regardless of who comes out on top of this one, they have a test against the number one and undefeated Trojans next week. And one thing I wanted to mention as well for that Weezer-South Fremont game, the winner of that takes on Timberlake, and they have to travel all the way up north uh, to the Coeur d'Alene area there, Spirit Lake, Idaho. That is the 6-3 and three Timberlake Tigers football team. But back to the American Falls-Gooding game. You've seen both of these teams this year. Gooding enters this one as a favorite. But for American Falls, they've just got to be excited. First-year head coach gets them to the playoffs. And uh, for for the Beavers, that's something that you can build on. Yeah, I mean, for Gooding, uh, the obvious favorite is Gooding in this one. Gooding is uh, a lot of offensive weapons for them. And uh, Caden Loveland and uh, Shane Jennings, you know, that quarterback-receiver combo right there. Um, they have some good running backs coming out of the backfield with uh, Cade Morris and uh, Jonathan Carpenter, who's kind of a, a dual-threat running back, I suppose. You can run the ball with him, and you can also swing some things to him in the backfield as well. But, you know, Corey Hollinsworth for American Falls has got this team what looks like it maybe a little bit ahead of schedule on the rebuild there in American Falls. He was a guy that spent some time at Firth. He spent some time at uh, West Jefferson and Aberdeen. He was kind of the guy that got Aberdeen going in the right direction before Jeff Duffin took over. Um, and when he was at West Jefferson, he, he pretty much completely rebuilt their, their strength program, and that's kind of something that Jeff Duffin has done over in Aberdeen as well. So, But for American Falls, it, it's, it's a very good step in the right direction to start rebuilding this program, regardless of what the outcome of this game is. Uh, they have uh, kind of run that – uh, option style offense with uh, Jose Cervantes. They have a guy like Beck and White Kern. Uh, both those running backs are pretty good. Um, and quarterback as well. I mean, they'll, they'll, they'll hit you with those play action passing games and uh, hit you over the top if you're not careful. And this is an American Falls team that is trending in the right direction. Um, they do have a very tall task in front of them with Gooding. Gooding's a very good football team. Gooding can score on the snap of a finger, but American Falls is going to take more five, six minutes to move their way down the field. Well, and speaking of Aberdeen, the team that you just mentioned there, uh, they're part of a group of teams that are playing two-way games this week. This isn't a bracket, so to speak, as they all play each other, and then how it comes out at the end of the week, they go off of their RPI, their ratings percentage index from the end of the season, and then basically pair them against each other. So, for example, Declo is the number one ranked team in the RPI. So if they're able to knock off Ryrie in their game on Thursday at 7 o'clock, they would then play the lowest remaining team that wins a football game uh, this week in the 2A classification at home next week. So that, that's kind of how that works in the 2A ranks. So we got a lot of standalone games here uh, over in the eastern side of the state. Ryrie is at Declo, Firth is at Westside, West Jefferson at Aberdeen, and Soda Springs takes on North Fremont on Thursday at 8.30. I think the game that we want to circle here out of this group of four is West Jefferson 6-2 and two, taking on Aberdeen, which is 5-3, and three, Friday at 7 o'clock. These teams both really like to run the football, and uh, I think that we're not going to see a whole lot of points in this one. It'll be low-scoring, ball-control type style of two-way football. Yeah, I mean, that's that's just kind of classic 
two-way playoff football right there. Both these teams, like you said, will run the football until the middle of next week. And Aberdeen, they're they're starting to play their best ball of the year right now offensively. Uh, they're starting to put some points on the board, trying to get back to uh, what they were doing. Aberdeen has been over 60 points in two of the last three weeks while holding opponents to under 20 during that stretch as well. But West Jefferson is, I mean, 2A is deep. When you look at how many teams have some realistic shots at making some playoff runs here, West Jefferson, both their losses have come to South and North Fremont. Uh, North Fremont is a team that flew both of these teams out, uh, but those that was earlier in the season. And even though the bracket kind of looks like they'll play each other next week, like you said, they'll reseed it. So we really don't know who's going to play who next week, even after these games are over. But it, it's going to be... It's going to be a fun, low-scoring, grinded-out type of game. Uh, I'm looking forward to calling it without hope. And that one, again, obviously, with Lucas out there, will be broadcast live and free on IdahoSports.com. The other games, you take a look at Ryrie, Declo, Firth at Westside, and Soda Springs, North Fremont. The the three undefeated teams in those games, Declo, Westside, and North Fremont, will enter as heavy favorites. Um, which one of those games in particular, which team do you think is, is going to get the, the biggest test uh, from those opponents here this week? Well, the team that's going to get the biggest test is obviously going to be Ryrie, you know, with how good Declo is this season, you know, with uh, Keegan Duncan, you know, we we know what he's going to do. But, you know, past him, you look at a guy like Sam Mallory for Declo as well. I mean, he's a good receiver threat. Uh, I mean, it's just a deep deep Declo team. McCabe Shears, they can put him anywhere on the football field regardless of whether or not his hand is broken or not. Um, I mean, they, they can put him pretty much anywhere and you know they play some pretty good sound fundamental football. So just because of how good Declo is, Rivalry probably has the biggest task. And the team I would say that has the best chance at maybe possibly an upset is going to be Firth over Westside. I don't think it happens. I think Westside ends up winning that game. But uh, Firth, with the way they play defense, it's it's just going to give them give them a chance in this one. Their quarterback, Jace Erickson, is kind of a efficient. And he was uh, 12 for 21 for 174 yards, two touchdowns, and a 24 to eight win over Ryrie earlier this season. Uh, you know, Firth just defensively, that will give them a chance against Westside. But they have to slow down Westside. If they fall behind the Westside, they're not going to catch up. Westside's a very good coach, a very well coached team, uh, and it, it's a tall order for Firth. But you know, Firth can show up on defense, and I think they can give Westside a game. And four other games taking place in the 2A classification this week: St. Mary's is at New Plymouth on Friday at four o'clock Mountain Time. Both five and three on the season. Coal Valley Christian at Orofino. Coal Valley Christian six and two this season. Orofino is three and five. That game is a four o'clock kick time in the Pacific time zone. Melba at McCall Donnelly, a conference game Friday at 7, and then Malad takes on Grangeville, one of the other undefeated teams, on Saturday at 1 o'clock. You look at that, um, Grangeville is is a favorite definitely against Malad, which has to travel a long distance. Um, St. Mary's and New Plymouth, I think, is the, is the game that uh, could go either way. I think it'll tell us a lot about the, the two districts that those teams come out of. Uh, Melba, McCall, Donnelly, a conference game that was awfully tight earlier this year. And then Cole Valley takes on an Orofino team that surprised a lot of people with that victory in overtime last week against St. Mary's. Uh, let's see if the Maniacs can make some noise here in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, it, it, they're one of those teams that kind of snuck into the playoffs last season. So it'll be int- or, uh, not last season, last week. And uh, so it should be interesting to see how they play this Cole Valley team. And, you know, you, you look at that game as well as the New Plymouth St. Mary's game, we're going to learn a lot about. Uh, District 3 and how good those football teams are in the two-way. In two-way, we've been talking so much about, you know, how good the eastern side of the state is, you know, with Aberdeen, North Fremont, West Jefferson, West Side, teams like that. But we're going to find out this week how good the Grangevilles, the St. Mary's, the McCall's, the Cole Valley's are. We're going to find out just how deep this two-way classification is. Another game that I think could really go either way is this McCall-Melba game. I think McCall and, you know, their two losses this season, Grangeville and New Plymouth, the uh, game was 20-19 McCall last time these two teams played. It was just a one-point game. So, uh, you know, I, I think Melba has a real shot 
at uh, beating McCall in that one. And, you know, this is not a live podcast, but we do have breaking news as Orofino's game against Coal Valley is now 4 o'clock on Saturday. So they have decided to change that to a Saturday kickoff. So that changes things a little bit, but nonetheless, we figured we'd let the listeners know that one. In the 1A ranks, the 1A D1 classification does not get state started until the quarterfinal round at the beginning of November, but we do know some teams that have locked up seeds. Idaho City, Wilder, they're both in. Valley and Oakley are both in. Prairie is in and Lapway is in. And for the last couple of spots, you're looking at Camii or Clearwater Valley will be 1-2-C. And then beyond that, you've got Chalice and Raft River. They're battling for a playoff spot out of the Snake River Valley, or excuse me, the Snake River Conference uh, District 4-5-6. So basically... Rap River and Chalice, whoever comes out of that, they're going to be thrilled. But whoever doesn't, they're going to have a real case for a gripe as they both have had fantastic seasons so far this year. Yeah, they have. And that, that whole conference, really, the, the, entire, the entirety of the season has just been back and forth. And, you know, we've known it for months now. One of these teams is going to end up disappointed at the end of the season. And yeah, it's unfortunate. It's just a, kind of the way it works. But, you know, tournaments are preceded, and that's kind of the way it goes. And we don't know any of the seeds yet. However, if Valley wins this week, that will give us a clear-cut answer as to who takes the district championship. It would be the Valley Vikings at that point. Again, we don't know any of the seeds out of the district, but uh, we do know that Valley and Oakley have secured spots. For those wondering about District 3, Idaho City and Wilder, if they both win this week or if they both lose, which the winning variety is a little bit more likely, they will do a coin flip to decide who gets to host in the first round and who has to go out on the road. The team that loses the coin flip has to go up north to play Lapway. That game will either be at Lapway or the Kibbe Dome. And then whoever wins the game gets a home game against 4-5-6-C, which is no walk in the park. So either way, they're going to get a tough test there in the first round. So it'll be interesting to see how the coin flip goes. Is uh, I don't know about you, but I kind of think that's fun. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, probably the most intense coin flip of anyone who's able to attend that. But, I mean, that's an intense coin flip right there. It uh, determines, you know, playoff spots, determines steeds, conference champions, things like that. So, you know, it's kind of an exciting way to do a tiebreaker. Well, we better get that on video. If it's an intense coin flip, it, it may be the best thing we've got going on Friday night if that is indeed what ends up happening. So we'll, we'll see if that can happen. Maybe somebody, uh, Wilder or Idaho City representation. That's my other question. Uh, what are the logistics behind that? They're obviously not going to be even remotely close to each other. So are they doing like a virtual coin flip or something? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they meet it like a, do kind of like a Friday Night Light style where they meet it like a truck stop in the middle somewhere and bring in like the news cameras and stuff I, I, don't, I don't know it'd be kind of an interesting thing to find out we need them to make it a show and uh, we'll be there if they make it fun enough as the 182 uh, classification we now go to the final uh, classification that we'll talk about here we've already broke down the 5a 4a 3a 2a and 1a d1 and uh, this is an endurance run here lucas we're now at the top of the 1a d2 bracket dietrich six and three on the season is at north gem the Cowboys, 4-3. and three. This game, Friday at 3 o'clock. The winner of that will take on Rockland or Lighthouse Christian. That game is at Lighthouse Christian on Thursday at 6. Rockland, 3-5, and five, and Lighthouse Christian, 7-1. and one. The Dietrich-North Gem game, uh, this could go either way. North Gem's got Bronx Holbrook, a fantastic wide receiver that's led the way for them on the offensive side of the ball. Dietrich is kind of reloading a little bit this year, but still a strong season with six wins. Right, and uh, for North Gem, they're kind of trending upwards this season, whereas Dietrich, they're they're a little bit down than what they've been used to in recent history. Uh, it's a tough matchup, a little bit of an early kickoff for Dietrich than what they're used to, and and they have to travel over to the eastern side of the state. Um, you know, no no lights over on North Gem's field, so a little bit of an earlier kickoff for that. North Gem has not lost a game in one uh, A D two class in that classification yet this season. Uh, so, you know, their schedule has been uh, pretty loaded, uh, especially with some 1AD1 teams. So this is a North Gem team that's been challenged this year. Uh, for Dietrich on the other side, for them, uh, you know, like I said, they're not quite used to 
you know, they're, they're used to having more success in previous years than they have been this year. So, you know, it'll be an interesting matchup. Uh, it's definitely one that we'll keep an eye on. And the other game, as we mentioned, uh, the winner of the Dietrich North Gem game takes on Rockland or Lighthouse Christian. Uh, you know, Lighthouse Christian, they, they have got that one as kind of the favorites, but I think Rockland could give them a tough contest led by their quarterback, Spencer Perman, who threw four touchdowns last week. Lighthouse Christian is led by Colin Holloway, Brandon Butler, and Cooper Dastrup. So that should be a fun one. Deary at Salmon River is going to be a quarterfinals game. The winner of that team plays whoever comes out of the top part, those teams that we just mentioned. And then down at the bottom of the bracket, seed 3B, which at this point would be Garden Valley if they beat Horseshoe Bend on Friday, will play at Kendrick in the quarterfinals. So Kendrick does not play uh, a playoff game this week. And then the winner of that game follow along on the bracket so you can go onto the site right now and pull up the bracket and see what we're talking about this is the very bottom camas county three and four on the season is at number one carry which is eight no that's this thursday at four o'clock and then the winner of that plays murtaugh six and three this year or Mackey, which is three and four that game taking place at Mackey on Friday at 5. So you look at it, and I think out of all those games, Kerry handled Camas County earlier this year. Kendrick has handled everybody they've played this year. Uh, But as of games this week, the one that interests me is Murtaugh against Mackey. This was a game that was won by Mackey earlier this year, and it was awfully tight. It's difficult, as we mentioned earlier in the show, to beat a team twice. We'll see if Mackey's able to do that against a tough Red Devil football team. Yeah, it's it's tough to beat a team twice in one year, especially when it's a two-point football game like it was between these two when they played each other earlier in the season. Uh, I think we're going to see a very similar game between these two teams. Murtaugh uh, got into the playoffs last year. Uh, they were a young team last year, so they have a lot of returning pieces coming back this year. Uh, so, you know, Murtaugh is going to be ready in that respect. But for Mackey, uh, you, you know, you, you have to look for things to – uh, build off of even though you won the game you still have to take something and learn something from that game even though you won the game so i i, I think murta is it's uh kind of a dangerous team in this bracket and obviously if uh carry beats camas county next week they'd have a tough matchup if they were to beat mackey this week but um yeah murta is kind of an interesting team here in this bracket and murta just has so many good skill position players that are awfully fast so that one should definitely be fun from Mackey on Friday night. As somehow we made it through all 28 games, Lucas, uh, get a little clap for us, right? Uh, We made it through every game included here that's being played this week for playoff football in the state of Idaho. Uh, We're also going to do a little bit more talking about the Columbia Century game, which is coming up on Friday at 8.15. We welcome in the head football coach of the Columbia Wildcats, John Helmendaler, coming up next on the Idaho Sports Prepcast, presented by Project Filter. Sometimes it's muddy, sometimes it's rocky, and this time of year it can become ice and snow. Around here, good traction needs to be standard equipment. So if you've been spinning your wheels, maybe it's time to pick up a new Toyota during our four-wheel drive and all-wheel drive event, where nearly every new Toyota four- or all-wheel drive is being offered with special savings. For details, visit buyatoyota.com or come drive one today at your local Toyota dealer. Toyota, let's go places. All financing and approved credit through Toyota Financial Services. For more details, call 1-888-21-TOYOTA. Offers end October 31st, 2018. We're now joined here on the Idaho Sports Prepcast, presented by Project Filter by Columbia head football coach John Helmendaler. Coach, thanks for joining us here today. Yeah. Well, first off, what a way for your team to earn a playoff spot in your first year on the sideline last week, knocking off a Middleton team that was playing for the 4A SIC championship. What's the atmosphere around the team and the school been like this week as your program gets ready to take on a tough century team at Holt Arena this Friday night? Yeah, i just been uh, high energy, a lot of positive uh, feelings around the program and around the school. So it's going to be a, you know, a good game this week. and exciting time for uh, our team in the high school. And obviously this is your first season on the sideline there at Columbia. People from throughout the state of Idaho may remember you from your time at Wendell, but when you saw this Columbia job come open this past off season, you know, what sparked your interest to apply for the position? It's kind of, uh, you know, similar to Wendell in the aspect of the atmosphere and, you know, where I can succeed and see myself building the program and, uh, 
So I think it's been a good transition. And obviously, you know, there's been talented players that have come through Columbia in recent history, you know, Michael Davis and then Mario Jenkins, of course, who played at Idaho State and was in camp with the Kansas City Chiefs this last summer. But, uh, you know, it just hasn't come together necessarily as far as a lot of wins in recent history. But this year, you know, I I just kind of sense that there's a different culture building up. And what's the process been like to, you know, kind of build that starting in the offseason and going through now? You know, what growth have you seen in the program? Yeah, just. Uh, just building for the off season, like the kids didn't necessarily not have an off season thrown around, but it wasn't kind of as uh, um, as big as you know it was when I came and just promoting you know camps and different things and uh, getting out and doing seven on seven and getting with other schools, getting better throughout the summer. I think was a huge aspect to starting that process, building the program, and it's just kind of got better as I've uh, been there and I expect you know it to keep growing yeah and it's good to see I mean we always like to see teams from all over uh, the state you know that that may not have had as much success kind of get it going and uh, you know a a big key to your success this year I mean you've been around plenty of talented football players from your time at Boise State and all along your coaching journey but boy you're running back this year Alamar Alexander he's a talent that just doesn't come around all that often I mean last week against Middleton alone he ran for 288 yards and four touchdowns on 42 carries each week it just seems like he's putting up video game numbers what makes him so special out there for you guys just his uh his ability um he's a physical runner he's like doesn't go down you know it takes two or three guys so you know you're it's just uh his vision and his physicalness and it's just kind of a total package like doesn't look like the prototypical 6'3 220 pound running back but he you know runs like it and has that vision as well, so it's been uh, great to have him. Obviously, as a running back, and does it kind of a do it all do it all guy. Played defense last week, and you know played carried the ball 42 times and did everything. So pretty impressive and obviously there's a lot that goes into running the football you got to have that offensive line opening up holes up front uh you know what have you seen from your offensive line so far this season yeah they just got better all year and the one guy up front that had a huge year and was um nominated for shrine game and different things that way Kate Flint he's kind of been there all year helping those guys along the way and our two tackles have got better, um, big tackles, seniors, and then some younger guys have stepped up. So they've kind of come together these last couple of weeks and have got a lot better. So. And obviously, Alamar Alexander, that's a name that people around the state are familiar with right now, obviously, with the stats. But, you know, for those a little less familiar with your program, you got players uh, like junior Jeremiah Brandt, who caught the game-winning 14-yard touchdown last week against Middleton. You've got junior quarterback Austin Collette. Plenty of other guys that have really bought into this new culture at Columbia and help make the Wildcats a team that nobody really wants to play. How big has it been to, you know, get this kind of buy-in from everyone around your football program and really to do it so quickly in year one? Yeah, it's been huge for those guys that are um, not necessarily putting up numbers like Alomar, but are big contributors to our success. And um, Jeremiah's come a long ways and just uh, Austin as well. And those guys that are, you know, in the daily grind of the program getting um, noticed I think has helped you know the guys that are not the um, Alamars that are putting up the video game numbers but are contributing to the success of the team and you know just promoting the, the program that way and getting as many guys involved as possible has been big as well you know guys roles kind of like Boise State does. Right. I mean, this week, it's going to have to come all together. You're playing a really good century team on the road there at Holt Arena in Pocatello. They enter the week 7-2, and two, and, you know, they've got weapons all over the field, and obviously you see this in the film. Your team sees it. Uh, quarterback Nate Manning, do everything back. Jackson Yearsley. Uh, what does your defense have to do to slow down the Diamondbacks here this week? I think just being able to put pressure on the quarterback and um, not letting them get outside the pocket and um, keeping our pass rush lanes and just putting pressure on them. I think all year we've been the best when we put pressure on the opposing offense and, um, made, you know, brought, made them, uh, you know, take them out of what they want to do. 
you know, take away their top three things that they want to do and make well, I think that's been the key to our success later on this season as a defense. And, you know, one of the things that's always interesting to me is you get to this time of the year, and a lot of the time you have to be outside uh, battling the elements. You get the rain, you get the snow because it's Idaho, and, of course, you're going to get 25 degrees in snow. We haven't had that yet this year, and on Friday you don't have to worry about it at all. You guys are inside uh, on the turf there at Holt Arena. How does that impact your team, especially on the offensive side of the ball, you know, if at all? Yeah, I think speed-wise, it's going to help us. Um, no, a little nervous. Two-way, we got a lot of two-way guys, so the heat in there gets pretty uh, gets pretty hot in there. And I think um, just lungs are guys taking care of themselves, hydrating and everything. But I think it's a fast surface, and that's, you know, I think we'll be able to be successful in there. I know it's a game that a lot of people have circled on the calendar around the state, and uh, we want to say good luck to you against Century on Friday night. We'll be out there broadcasting it on IdahoSports.com, and we're looking forward to it. All right, thank you. That's Columbia head football coach John Helmendaller on the Idaho Sports PrepCast, presented by Project Filter. Da, da, da.